two of the Geeks of Grace podcast. My name is Cody Armour. I'm here with Joe Morgan. I am Groot. <laughs> and Shelly Walter. What's up? <laughs> and uh, we will be having a special guest with us, Hector Mirai. Uh, we'll be Mirai. 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 I'm, I'm finally figuring it out. Um, he is the author of the Faith and Fandom books. So definitely go check those out. Check the podcast interview out in a little bit. But before we do that, Joe, what are you geeking out about this week? Yeah, so, you know, it was a holiday weekend. I had a buddy come into town. So we went and did a little bit of mountain biking. Can't. I'm at the point now where that is like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> and it's it's something fun to do. It's good exercise. Mm-hmm. It's a lot yeah. of rush. Yeah. If we weren't but, podcasting, you would be biking. I would be, yeah. <laughs> I went biking last night, and I've got we we're not having our Wednesday night class tomorrow night. Already planning a bike ride, and I'm planning we're we're already having our group ride on Thursday. So That's so awesome. fun, yeah. I love it. Uh, b- besides that, I my review for Regalia of Men and Monarchs is live on the site now. Okay. It's a Final Fantasy uh, tactics type game with a lot of extra mechanics mixed in. Pretty cool game. You should go check out my review if you're interested in that sort of thing. I started playing Dead Cells on the PC. It's still in early access, but it's kind of a 2D side-scrolling Castlevania-style game mixed with elements of Dark Souls. So Castlevania. We'll be talking a little bit of Castlevania news later. Yeah, so... Yeah, this this is like Castlevania where you got this 2D side-scrolling thing. You're working through... uh, I guess the proper term now is a rogue light. So you you make it as far as you can. You get all your upgrades. When you get killed, the whole castle, all the the land and stuff shifts around. So it's not the same layout as it was before. And then you keep going. But for an early access game, man, that thing is slick. Cool. Really neat. I've been playing it with an Xbox controller. I bought my buddy a copy of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds while he was in town visiting me, and he and I played quite a bit of that this weekend. Mm-hmm. We didn't get our chicken dinner, but the <laughs> my my buddy's really good at video games. Okay, I'm I play a lot, but he is really genuinely good at stuff. Mm-hmm. His second game of duos, we were sitting in the top of a house. You could hear guys creeping around on the first floor, and we were trying to lay an ambush. They creep up the stairs. We kill the first guy. The second guy put a shotgun through my head. My buddy capped him and then went on to get take third out of 100 people. Oh, wow. All right, then. No big deal. So, I mean, we, we got, as a team, we got number two. He ended up losing to a team two. No. He's just right. nasty good. In <laughs> fact, while he was in this weekend, we also played a lot of Smite. Mm-hmm. And he played a game as Shablanke. For those that play Smite, you'll know what that is. But he wrecked this other team. In a game of Clash, which is a shorter game, he had like 25 or 30 kills, which is astronomical for that game type. Wow. Turns out, the guy that one of the guys he was playing with sent him a message and chewed him out, sent him screenshots and stuff. He beat the breaks off of a guy that was playing as a different god. But that guy was the number one Shablanke player in the world. Uh, oh. And he beat uh, the stuffing out of the guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the guy had screenshots to back it up and everything. It was it was nuts. So, 
Very yeah, that's cool. that's a lot of what we did this weekend. Um, I also went and watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah, yeah. How's, how's it? That is one of the funniest movies I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is hilarious. I watched, through, I, I laughed through the entire movie. That's a good thing to hear. Yeah, they they lean more heavily into the baby Groot thing. I'm perfectly okay with that. But Drax is where it's at. Like Bautista <laughs> is is so good in this movie. He's yeah. hilarious. They said I had read somewhere that it was actually in the first one because I thought he was really robotic in the first one. Um, it was actually his makeup that was constraining him, and so he's been able to do a lot more facial expressions um, and act just a little bit more um, in this because the makeup isn't so constraining, which I think is really interesting. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Hmm. But yeah, huh. I think he did phenomenal too. Yeah, that's uh, that's about it for what I've been geeking out with this week. Uh, how about you, Shelley? Well, let's see. I am addicted to not only I'm still addicted to Fire Emblem Heroes. Don't get me wrong. Uh, first, I also Ow. have weird opinions. Okay, I I know you guys don't really play anymore, but they have another. Do you remember what they did with Easter? They had a bunch of yeah. characters in Easter, you know, bunny costumes. They've done a similar yeah. thing for this month. Uh, well, for June, even though it released today. Um, and it's like they have four different female characters in bride costumes to get, like, married because, like, June is, like, the wedding month. And it's... Okay, that's weird. It Why is, is weird. June the... I don't know. Oh, I, well, I guess, okay. A lot of my friends in college... Yeah. Like, they would get married as soon as school ended. Yeah. You know, our senior like, year school ended, and then everybody gets married. I know that, at least, yeah, in the United States, I know June Except is me. definitely a big marriage month, but apparently it's, like, huge in Japan. Um, huh. But it's weird how they only have four female characters in bride costumes. They don't have any guys in, like, tuxes. Like, it's just... Oh, really? It's, yeah, and I don't really... Like, I was already kind of feeling weird about the Easter one, but I definitely don't like this. Because they have, especially they have Lynn <laughs> dressed up, and I'm just like, Lynn doesn't need no man. Lynn is so independent. Like, she's just the, okay. They're, they're taking waifus to the next level. I know. It's freaking, I don't know. I'll, Dreams really do come true. I'm not a fan. Some, but that's happening. That's not, that's not much of a marriage event. Yeah. It's just, I'm not really sure. It's weird. Anyway. Um, but there's that. But I've been playing so much Magica, Magikarp Jump. That's yeah. how, do, how do you play it? Um, uh, <laughs> what do you do? Is you get a magic? Card. You don't. You don't really. You hit play. buttons forever. You touch things and you hit buttons. It's really more of a simulation. You than could literally just tap the screen forever, and sooner or later you would beat this game. Yeah. I mean, is it a screen? Is it a is it a tapper game? Is that what it is? Uh, no. No, it's not, not like a really. tap to win. It's a. Uh, so, I'll let Shelly. Yeah, it's not like so, Clicker Heroes? No, it's not. Um, the only reason... You have a Magikarp. The ways you... Yeah, you so get you a Magikarp. Go, you, f- you feed and train it. feed it. You train it. You get so many trains. Like, you could... You have three training points, and they will... So you can train it so many times per hour or whatever. Yeah, because they refill each half hour. So you can, like... And then you go yeah. to jumping competitions for as long as possible. Um, and then when you can't do that anymore, you go and do it again. With a stronger Magikarp because your ranking grows up. Yeah, the way is, uh, the more you win, the higher your ranking goes. The higher your ranking goes, the higher um, potential your uh, Magikarp that you catch can get. So, like, let's say your rank, 
like a lower rank, maybe your Magikarp can only go to level like 12 or 13, but at higher ranks, your Magikarp can go to level like 30. So, um, and obviously the higher level your Magikarp, the better you're going to do in competition. So, so is there an end game, like a story or anything? Uh, I think there is. Kind of, I think. I don't know. I'm not very close to it. I'm still in the Great League, I think. Yeah, so you have different leagues you have to beat. And so I think there is going to be like an end league. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really interesting. Because I haven't played a mobile game in a long time that's had an actual end game. Yeah. Um, because if huh. you do beat it, there's not going to be anything you can do. Yeah, it's so <laughs> game be over. ridiculous. And it's, it's, yeah. It is as pointless as the Pokemon itself. Yes, but it's But I love it. It's addicting. It's addicting. Yeah. Can um, you use Splash? Yes, in a way. <laughs> you you train using Splash. Oh, yeah. Okay. Basically. <laughs> I don't know. It's You can have Gyarados, but if you evolve a Gyarados, it can no longer be part of the uh, Magikarp competition and therefore um, retires. Yeah. I'm so confused. <laughs> and you can ha- you can decorate your little pond that your Magikarp are held in. That can mm-hmm. give you bonuses, so it's not just aesthetically pleasing; it's uh, logically pleasing. And um, <laughs> it's logically, logically pleasing. It just makes sense. <laughs> Why wouldn't you have decorations? Um, and you can also have uh, Pokemon friends come and support you. That'll cheer you up. So the first yeah. one you get is Pikachu. And then you could get Piplup, and you can buy others with diamonds, which are an in-game currency. So I bought, I saved up and bought Charizard. Um, you can get like Slowpoke. You can win some of them. Like, what does Charizard do? Charizard gives you a great item every twelve hours. Okay. So you don't have to like buy it. It's it get, like a skill restore or a bag of coins or something. So cool. it's nice. I've been wondering. It's just cool to uh, have like a freaking Charizard cheering on your Magikarp. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. I'm excited. But, I, that's that's what I'm working for right now. Yeah. Um, a couple notes. Do not get the fruit in the tree. Yeah. Avoid the fruit in the tree. Avoid the Pokeballs that come through events. That's when... Have you done that? I, what does ha- happen to that That's when I've only ever had one match card forced to retire. And it's because I... It was like, hey, look, there's a random Pokeball here. Is it a trap? We don't know. And I'm like, oh, no, go for it. It was a Voltorb. It used Explosion. Killed oh. my match card. It's dead. Yeah. It's gone forever. And they die. Like They actually they straight up die. Yeah. This game came out three days ago and you've already fin- basically finished? No, we haven't finished. Get, no, it's no. Just, We've barely, we just started. There's people who are still farther than us, like way farther than me. But Yeah. I'm only on I'm like so rank confused. 12 or something. I'm on rank 21, <laughs> I think. Joe, just play the game. Don't, don't, don't attack think, freeze. Just tap. Don't get Pokemon. <laughs> That's how you get through this and, game. Uh, don't think, just tap. Watch television. Watch television? Yeah. Yes, watch television. At first you're going to be I thought like, it was I, ads. Yeah. I can do that without turning the game on. Well, watch the Pokemon. The, the best part about this, I I was convinced it wasn't real. Like, it wasn't a real Nintendo yeah. product. I don't know if it's a Nintendo product, but it's definitely like a Pokemon. I haven't seen any Nintendo licensing, licensing but it is a Pokemon it is a, license. It is officially Pokemon. It's like on their official That's hilarious. Facebook, on their official YouTube, on their official everything Pokemon is a legit <laughs> thing. So I assume it's probably got something to do with Nintendo, but I haven't seen Nintendo as much as... You never do with Pokemon games. Yeah. Uh, it's always more Game Freak anyway. It, it's probably like some really small written Nintendo Somewhere. thing. But yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Shelly. I, I played this game because of you. Yeah. I think. I think I saw you post a picture of Heck it. Heck yeah. Um, I've converted so many and... people. I started playing it. I made my roommate start <laughs> playing it. I made my two other friends start playing it. 
Did that make I thought it was like a Flappy Bird type game, and it's not. Like you don't, you don't get to do as much as you get to do with Flappy Bird. Yeah, um, it's but have, it's something you turn on yeah. two or three times a day. It's like a farming game more than anything. Yeah, You're just have no expectations bro. on this game, and you'll enjoy it. Have expectations, and you'll be disappointed. Is I mean, it's I'm already playing so. Clicker Heroes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been playing Clicker Heroes for like three weeks. What is wrong with me? I don't know, man. It's okay, though. <laughs> You're going to think that was you play the Magikarp game. Yeah. Also, it's super fun to always have themes with your names. Um, so my first Magikarp was Floppicus. Now all of my Magikarp have Flop at the beginning. So there's like Floppet, Floppel, Floppinator, Flop Xander, Flopwop. Um, <laughs> my friend has a perfect Gyarados named Floppy Chap. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He got my friend has a perfect uh, Gyarados named Floppy Chop that he got as one of the on Fire Red. It was the uh, one you buy from the guy for five hundred coins or whatever currency is, mm-hmm. and it ended up being a perfect statted oh, Magikarp. Beautiful. And he's had it throughout the ages. It's amazing. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. It Gyarados. It's great. I think it's cool that they Floppy. added um, extra patterns. So yeah. it's not just your regular boring Magikarp. You can get different patterns. You Quite can also fish, catch yeah. shinies. I've caught three shinies. I don't know how or yeah, why. They're not as rare as they, they think take, they are. It's incredibly rare. It's like I've gotten three. I'm only on rank. I'm like generation 16 or 17. So And it's kind of annoying because you know that that's not going to grow into any. So you can get a pattern like a koi fish pattern. But that koi fish pattern can grow up to be three or four different patterns. Yeah, I don't know if that's accurate, really, but different patterns. Yeah. So if, if you get a shiny, you know it's just going to be a shiny the entire time. Yeah. And if you've already caught one, that's true. it's not helping your log of different patterns. And while each Magikarp has their individual bonus, their pattern has nothing to do with that, I'm pretty sure. So the yeah. pattern is just for aesthetics, but they each have individual bonuses. Some of them will gain more jumping power <laughs> from food, or some will gain more jumping power from training. I feel like I'm... Why am I so into this? I don't know. Joe are there like, are there in game like transactions money transactions? You can, you can, yes, but, but there is no reason. There's absolutely to. no reason though. Joe's gonna come back next week. He's like, I love this game. I put fifty bucks into it. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I've spent money on Fire Emblem is the only reason <laughs> that I haven't deleted that game. <laughs> no, there you go. Yeah, he's gonna have a Charizard by tomorrow. Yeah, he's like, oh, I just had to do that Charizard. Gotta buy it. Um, yeah, there's gems. You get gems slowly. Um, you could buy gems if you wanted. Right, yeah. But anyways. Either way, that's <laughs> that's Magikarp Jump. Um, what else have I done? Um, so, our Dungeons & Dragons campaign that we're doing for next year, we finally, my entire group, we finalized our characters and our races and oh, just cool. our personality types. And I'm so excited because all our characters are so different and unique. So, let, let's see. We got the... The Death Cleric, who's like, I'm going to kill you in the name of the Allfather or whatever. And we have... That's Odin. Yeah, we have Zoro, who's our rogue fight. Well, his name's not Zoro, but he's basically Zoro. Um, <laughs> he's like a womanizer. I'm Zoro. Yeah, and he's like a yeah fighter rogue. There's me, who's going to be... I'm going to be a druid ranger multi-class, and I'm just the clueless person who grew up in the woods their entire life. Um, and then there's... Uh, we got another ranger, but it's more specified, more like, we actually have implemented types of guns in the world, so she's going to be, like, using guns like a big game hunter type thing. Um, Blunderbuss type. Yeah. 
and all of us are humans, I think. Which is weird because our last campaign, we hardly had any humans. This campaign, we're having many humans. We're having an elf uh, paladin, and we're having a half-vampire warlock. So, I'm super excited. It's gonna be great. And we're gonna have roleplay so hard and get on each other's nerves. Ugh, it's gonna be awesome. But, so there's that. And uh, I also started watching Death Note. So oh, there you go. I'm really liking it. I'm to episode, like, ten, I think? Maybe? I don't know if I'm that far. But, I'm really enjoying it. I really like to make fun of it, though. I really like to make fun of how dramatic and how extra it is. Um, <laughs> it's like definition extra. When he talks about how he hides the death note, I'm like, this is so unnecessary, but like, okay, whatever. And just how they overthink everything. Um, they have to overthink everything, I realize. But it just... It's it's insane. The mind games are crazy, but yeah, I'm really liking it. Um, it's just so funny how dramatic everything is. I don't know if you guys have seen or like have watched Death Note, but there's like that one scene where he's like, "I'm gonna take this potato chip and I'm gonna eat it." <laughs> it's just, it's so, <laughs> and he's like completely serious about it. It's like, oh my gosh. Um, L and light. Yeah, I really do like the sort of cool like parallelism they got going there with like the blue and the red and like just how they're the same person but different sort of ideals i i'm really really digging it um yeah it's just so overly dramatic sometimes <laughs> um i think it's a really cool interesting like tale on morality too and ethics and you know do the ends justify the means and all of that stuff so yeah gonna keep watching that but that's that's what i've been geeking out about this week cody what have you been geeking out about this week uh besides magic card jump uh, <laughs> yeah i have i played a lot of video games i need to get back into some video games uh but i did play D D last sunday we're gonna be missing this coming sunday which makes me really sad because uh, i'm having a blast with it mm-hmm. um and i want to like a complete rundown of every adventure that I do every podcast. Yeah. But um we did conquer um our first like quest thing and made it to our first town. Um so that's super exciting. And um it went way faster. So the first week we did it, we didn't know what we were doing and it took us hours to get anywhere. Uh yeah. Um that happens. And so we ended this last one. Uh we had to be ended by 10 p.m. So we only played for like three hours um, only. D&D takes so much time. It does. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> only three hours. But uh, we got a ton done and got it done very quickly. We tried. So we were supposed to go get the head of the first in command of this goblin realm um, and bring it back to second in command. So we went to first command and we're like, hey, this guy wants to kill you. We want to help you defeat him. <laughs> to like double cross him and just kind of mess with the dungeon master but the the dice didn't roll we we didn't uh we didn't get what we wanted um but i am fully i think uh invested now we have bought me and my wife our own dice yeah yeah what do you dice look like mine are so they're called sinister chrome um they're metal die and uh mine are purple numbers of course um 
they kind of came out as a lavender, which I'm a little bummed about. Uh, but I'm kind of I'm getting into it. I'm like I'm okay with the lavender. I'm starting to. So I'm a man, and I don't know the difference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it looks pink, but in certain lights, you can see that it's purplish. Okay. Uh, it's not a nice royal. It's just purple. a lighter. Yeah, it's um, a lighter purple. It's a fuchsia. It's like the um, color lavender then, of like the flower. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Oh, he's like, what are flowers? <laughs> flowers <laughs> what I bake with those things I step all over. <laughs> Don't you get like tiger lilies in front of your house or something? I've got roses. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my wife, she bought blue ones because she wanted teal and he didn't have teal. But they totally ended up coming in teal. Um, so, I uh, first of all, I do want to say like props to Die Hard Dice. I, I thought it was... I, I just probably explain the story. So I went to Reddit because I'm a loser and was like... I went to Google and ended up on reddit by googling uh best dice for dungeons and dragons um <laughs> they're dice they're, i know they're all okay all, as long as they're balanced and not as i say yeah, yeah so long as they have the right number of sides and they all have the right balance and so on this reddit feed everyone was like go to die hard die they're the best um and so i bought from this guy and found out it's just one person it's him and his wife um, but he owns it. He kind of runs it. His wife oh, helps him out. That's cool. Um, yeah. And so he had this thing when you buy the dice. He goes, tell me how you found us and I'll give you something free. Um, I don't know what he gives free every time, but he ended up giving us two sets of um, plastic polymer die. Wow. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Huh. Yeah. Complete RPG sets of both. And then um, his dice, like I said, they're a little bit lighter than the color you're buying but um very beautiful dice they were about 30 bucks so i mean on the more expensive side but they are a beautiful weight and uh yeah they're just they're nice it's been a lot of fun so i'm fully committed now (laughs) yeah that's when you know my next step is to buy a little little character Um, do you own a player's guide book like the player's handbook no oh yeah i really want lame that's your that's your next step that's next step all right unfortunately How can you possibly play Dungeons and Dragons and not own a player's handbook? Well, we have one. Like the dungeon master has one, so yeah. he's got his book to read out of, and then he's got a handbook that he's let us all look at whenever we need to. Yeah, it's kind of like um, how it's in my group too. Like I, I found a PDF online, and that's what okay. I use. But it's all black and white, not really the same. Yeah, I'd rather have a physical copy. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I tried getting someone drunk, um, so they talk. And they ended up going to sleep because um, they got too drunk. Oh. <laughs> um, or no. No, he just didn't drink. I get So what I did, I went to the bartender and I was like, here's a gold coin. Get this guy drunk so we'll talk. And he's like, well, I can provide him beer, but I can't, like, make him drink it. And he just didn't drink it. As he just went <laughs> to bed. And I was like, that's not cool. Uh, but that's how, that's how things roll, I guess. <laughs> um, tons, tons of fun. Uh, I also watched a ton of movies because of how obsessed I am now with The Last Kingdom. Um, I am, like, having withdrawals, not having that show in my life after binging it for four days or whatever it was. Um, so I watched King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, in the movie theaters. Uh, it was good. 
Um, that doesn't that it... sound like it was good. <laughs> it it was bomb the way it did. Good. We have really high expectations for movies now. Like it wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't gonna beat Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, right. Yeah. People need to stop putting their movies at the end of the month against powerhouses like Guardians. Yep. And yeah. Logan, because I liked Ghost in the Shell as well, and that was completely overshadowed. Plus, yeah. You know, it's other it's controversies, but I think that it was partly because it was so overshadowed. Um, this movie would have done okay in November, I think. Or in April, even. Uh, Fast and Furious. If it would have came out before Fast and Furious. Um, I don't want to say too much about it. Uh, it is better than the commercials showed out to be. But if I think the commercials would have showed um, the things that I liked about it, I think that it would have been overhyped and people would have really been mad about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's and I, it's really hard to like explain without giving it away. Um, but I liked it being a surprise, so I'm not going to say anything about it. Got it. Um, watch The Huntsman. My wife has been wanting to see The Huntsman for a long time. I've, I've never watched, uh, what is it? What's her name? Snow White in The Huntsman. I've got a thing against uh, Kristen Stewart. I don't know why. It's a stigma. I'm it's just Twilight. Like, yeah, I never watched those either. Um, I just don't like her. I'm sorry. I actually enjoyed Snow White and The Huntsman. Yeah, that's what everyone said. So I put on the community page. Uh, we have a Facebook community. Facebook.com slash, no. Facebook.com slash group slash Geeks and Grace, I think. Um, and I posted in there. I was like, do I have to suffer through the first one to get to watch the second? And then everyone was all mad at me. And they're like, you don't have to suffer. It's a great movie. Yeah. If you don't think if you don't think of Kristen Stewart as Bella, if you don't think of Kristen Stewart as, you know, just that stigma, you just sort of put it away. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gorgeous, in my opinion. I'm interested in it. Because the second one, everyone said wasn't as good, and I really didn't. It, it was super campy. Um, like they have the the fairy tale narrator at the beginning. It reminds me. I'm not a fan of Once Upon a Time either. Oh. And I know a lot of people are, but it, it's really weird to me to make a, which is kind of ironic. But I don't like gritty reboots of fairy tales. Um, I'm fine with gritty reboots of superheroes, which are you know were kid things for some people, but. Fairy tales. It just seemed really odd that you've got the Snow White story and you've got these really gimmicky dwarves, and then you've got the Huntsman making out with someone, and you're like, "That's that's weird. Yeah. That's I mean, out of place." I don't know. To me, I thought the movie was gave more life into the story because if you just mm-hmm. think of like the Disney Snow White, you don't really care for yeah. her as a character. You don't really care for the. You kind of care for the dwarves just because they're kind of comedy relief. Um, Mm-hmm. But, and you don't care. I mean, there's no like Hudson. That movie either. was released in like 1938. I had no idea. Uh, yeah, it's pretty old. Snow White. I, yeah, it's older than I Joe. Didn't know they were making animated movies. <laughs> huh. Hard to believe they released movies before I was born. <laughs> um, but yeah, they I don't know. That's what's my back then. No, we love Joe. Yesterday's um, leftovers are older than Shelley, though. So. <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, <laughs> I've also watched. I'll try to speed it up here. Uh, I just watched a ton of stuff this week. Went for a computer to get my way. So I haven't had much to do. Um, watched more Adventure Time. Or started watching Adventure Time again. We used to watch it um, as it came out, and um, we're watching it again. This season is super weird. I don't know what season I'm on, but I understand why parents are kind of weary about the show. Because if you don't like look at it as 
just fun and silly. Um, it probably looks super subliminal when they start going through weird uh, psychedelic scenes that they do. Um, Adventure Time is strange, but been enjoying that. And then I watched the finale of Into the Badlands. Season two? Season two. I, I'm waiting for it to come to Netflix because I don't have cable TV. Ah, I was like, it's on AMC. Um, okay. It's, it was good. I, they're really opening up the world, which I think is interesting. Um, there's, there's this very hidden, like, history to the show. Um, and for them to open that up, I think is really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's all I did. Uh, going from that, uh, let's, let's talk to Hector a little bit. Um, coming up right now. So as we said at the beginning of the podcast, today we have Hector. I've already forgot how to pronounce your last name. I thought it was Murray. Mirai. 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 Hector Mirai. Spell M-I-R-A-Y for anyone looking him up later. Um, and we're going to be asking him a few questions. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I, I think our first question, um, just for those who don't know who you are, um, what is faith in fandom uh is it just the books is it the facebook page um and then after that maybe we'll get into the books just a little bit um overall if it's got kind of a structured label it's primarily a book series um but but also it's kind of migrated into uh just a comic-con presence um Mm. that uh we serve hopefully the end game is that we kind of serve as a point of encouragement or light in the comic-con industry um to the point like in some areas we're kind of like the chaplains of the comic-con or that uh okay we can just be kind of a source of encouragement to other vendors because like in some areas we focus on the attenders of a show but like our interactions with other vendors people in artist alley stuff like that has become kind of a bigger deal than okay. the product cool so uh, you keep saying we. Uh, is it how, how big is your staff? Do you have a staff? Like Gangster Grace is all volunteer completely. Right, right. Um, I don't have a staff. Um, primarily, like I'd say it's like ninety-seven percent me. Um, okay. But <laughs> I like to say we just so that uh, you know I don't come off like it's you know a solo act. But yeah, I also okay. try to uh, I try to take someone with me at every show. Perfect. Okay. Um, cool. I've got a sidekick named Vincent who used to be one of my uh, students when I was a college pastor, and he will go and he will make uh, art prints or do sketches at oh, the cool. show, and that kind of that kind of opens up another door for us because right. people that won't want to have anything to do with what I'm doing book wise, they see a sign that says two dollars, I'll sketch anything you want, you know that kind of opens. Oh up yeah, so it's a good avenue there. He makes prints and does stuff like that, but I also take like a some other art teachers that are friends or just on an accountability level. I don't like to travel way far overnight for uh, comic cons for days on end without somebody at least watching my back and uh, kind of being there to encourage me. So I've got about five or six friends that I've given ownership of this. Like you claim it, it's yours and just roll with me in what we're doing. So do you attend every comic con? If there is a physical way possible, yes. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, we, 
I'm we we go to about twenty six Comic Cons a year. Dang. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> and that's Hardcore. that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much just in about a four to five hour radius of where I'm at. Um, and there's only been about four times I've sent someone on my behalf. Um, mm-hmm. but when I started this, I was a college pastor, and all of our primary ministry took place during the week and ended on Thursdays. So my senior pastor in church gave zero care if I was there on Sunday. Um, okay. So I was free to roam Comic-Cons, but then I'm actually the uh, uh, location pastor at one of my church campuses now at a different church. And so me not being there on Sunday is a big deal. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll miss, I try to miss four Sundays a month capped out. Um, and so I'll have like Vincent, the guy who I was mentioning earlier, he will go with me, stay at the show Sunday morning. I'll drive home, do church, drive right back and finish the show. Wow. Wow. Solid. Where, where are you located? You, you said 26 within a four to five hour radius of you. Um, I'm in Lumberton, North Carolina. Uh, it's just south of Fayetteville, okay. uh, right off of I-95. Um, and where we're at, if there's almost a show every weekend, Dang. like during spring to uh, spring to late fall, definitely there's a show every weekend if you want if you want it. Um, but yeah, very cool. Man, that reminds me, I just found out like we missed Consplosion, the Fort Smith Comic Con type deal. This past weekend, I didn't realize it was this weekend until my buddy at work was telling me about it today. Oh, no. We'd been talking about trying to have a presence there, and it totally Mm -hmm. passed me by. There's a lot more if you start looking, I've realized. Um, Here in Denver, Colorado, I just thought it was Denver Comic Con and then some anime convention. Um, Someone who listens from Denver could be mad. And then (laughs) DesuCon. It has a name. I'm sorry. I've just never been. Uh, But, yeah, I guess if you really look, you know, you can find conventions anywhere. That's really awesome. You have one every weekend. We, we try to, and, you know, my uh, pastoral leadership tries to tell me to, like, slow down, and um, <laughs> but also, it, you know, this past weekend, I was at a con, and I don't remember where I was, but I was at a show this past weekend, and so, like, my neighbor came into my yard and mowed my yard for me, because it was getting a bit sketch on my grass levels, so... <laughs> You know, he appreciated what I was doing, so he mowed my yard. That's cool. Hmm. Very cool. So I was wondering, what kind of things do you geek out about? It sounds like it sounds like you were an all-around geek. Like, I'm I'm a pretty big all-around geek. Um, if I were to narrow it down, uh, Doctor Who, Batman, and uh, used to be pretty pretty heavy on Firefly, but I think I'm finally starting to come to terms with hmm. uh, letting that go. But uh, <laughs> Doctor Who and Batman are my bigs, I'd say, definitely. Okay. Okay. So what about, like, games or... Um, I am a big fan of the Resident Evil franchise. Um, okay. Even if it's horrible, um, <laughs> I will play it. It's just like, you announce a Resident Evil game, there's my money. Um, Legend of Zelda games <laughs> are standard. Yes. Like, yes. There's, there's not one I've not played, and, uh, you know... I've, I'm pretty sure I'm about 160 hours into Breath of the Wild right now. Oh, solid. <laughs> and I'm like at 25%, so there's that. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's a huge yeah. game. Dang. 
Um, also, like, you know, Metroids are a big deal to me, except for the one that was on the Wii. Or, no, the, mm-hmm. okay. the other M. That was... Oh, that, that Other M? Yeah, yeah. That made my yeah. heart hurt. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. That's, being on that, I actually just started uh, playing Pokemon with my kids. Heck yeah. Uh, okay. They, uh, they want it... We started playing Pokemon Go, you know, last year. And right. my kids delved heavy into it like we had to buy the first three seasons of dvds and all that stuff and so for <laughs> christmas we all got ds's and sun and moon so you know that's nice. that's kind of growing as well that's have awesome you've been playing the uh the pokemon magikarp jump game i, that's on I have yeah um, <laughs> i'm the one only one us. i'm the only one I hadn't even heard of it until three minutes before the cast. Well, it, it literally just came out what, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. The- oh, oh, okay. I just want to point out how great it is that all of us say it as though we're ashamed. <laughs> we're well, all like, it's yeah, not I do. Because just- <laughs> it it's it's like less than Flappy Bird. It is. I mean, it's like. <laughs> I kind of hoped it would be Flappy Bird. That's what everyone. That's what I thought it was. Everyone be. thinks it's that. I say, hey, I'm playing Magic Carp Jump. I'm just like, was that Flappy Bird for for. Magic Carp? Yes, like, no, that. it's actually very different. But yeah. He's downloading now. Great job. Awesome. <laughs> I can't be the only one on the on the chat not with this thing on my phone. So Joe has downloaded it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can be ashamed with us. There you go. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Um, I have a question kind of on, uh, kind of stepping away a little bit different side. Um, more on the faith side, I guess. Um, I was wondering how long you've been a Christian slash how did you become a Christian? And you could go as deep or as shallow as you want with that question, but yeah. Okay. Um, I've been a Christian since I was uh, 13 years old. I uh, went. I wasn't raised in church. wasn't my deal. Uh, my family didn't care. And, um, oh, atheists they- don't like you. <laughs> Yay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I literally... I went to a church event for a girl. Um, Hmm. There was a girl that went to a local youth group. um, And it was my honest thought that if I knew I was going to be locked in a room with her for 12 hours, I could get her to like me. Cody's over here like, same. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know right where you're at, man. (laughs) And so I went to this event. uh, First time I heard the gospel, it really, really hit me. Um, and I spent most of the night thinking about it. And if you've ever seen the movie Almost Famous, it's my favorite movie. Um, there's a line that says, the truth just sounds different. Mm-hmm. And when I heard it, I was like, okay, I believe this. And uh prayed to receive Christ that night. Uh, was discipled by a our youth pastor there eventually, um, who also was a missionary with the Children's Bible Camp. Ooh. And through that relationship... kind of felt God calling me into that. So I did Bible college. And at the same time, I was a missionary with the children's Bible camp, ended up being a director of that for about nine years. Um, And I was a college pastor for about 10 years overlapping with that. And now uh, I'm doing grown up church. (laughs) Uh, I I planted planted a church uh, about two years ago and kind of running things with that now. And it's, Pretty much from like 13 on, this has been my world. Cool. So, so cool. Yeah. Have you always identified, I guess, as a geek? Or was that something that came um, after or before? That was literally like the same week. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. 
I uh, I met I met Jesus and Batman about the same time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I think it started pretty much for me with like a uh, Fox after school lineup in the '90s of like a uh, X Men and Batman the animated series. Yep, yeah. I was right there with you on there. That that was like my jumping off point, and um, we had a local comic book shop, and uh, my mother would drop me off at the comic book shop when it opened and leave me there until it closed. And the dude just had this like really chill vibe about him. He was super cool with me and you know that I would open up books, wrinkle them, not actually pay for anything. And he just let me kind of live in his comic book shop for a few years. And I think I stayed there until the Spider-Man clone saga hit. And then I was disappointed with, everything and (laughs) but but that was you know i met right about the same time was literally kind of the development so that i think that's honestly what's contributed a lot to what i do is because they've always been kind of intertwined in my life Hmm. wow that's that's awesome so i wanted to dig more into the book side of things um you've written four books now yeah the newest one just came out on may the 4th nice May the fourth be with you, and, it, and, it's got, and it's got a Star Wars vibe cover too. So it's oh, actually a, great. it's Episode Four, a new book. Oh, I literally since the the like I started writing, I was like, oh, if I ever have a fourth book, totally doing that, and so I was excited about it. Mm. Let's go into that first. When did you start writing? Uh, probably um. About August of 2013 is kind of when things kicked off for me. Uh, I'd been attending uh, Heroes Con, which is a big deal show in the Carolinas. Um, it's the biggest con in North or South Carolina, and I'd been going to that for a couple years. And uh, I saw that there was like kind of zero encouraging gospel presence there, and I knew that I couldn't be the only geek that loved Jesus. So uh, I wrote the first book primarily the like the end game was to take it to one con and be done i was going to take it as kind of like a outreach project to a heroes con for one year and so you know i wrote from like uh august to december of 2013 and you know got it and i didn't know how long publishing and everything was going to take so i got it done pretty early in that regard and went to heroes con and literally went to that show expecting to never do it again and so many doors opened up like in that one weekend that i felt like i would be really like missing an opportunity to not keep going and then my life changed and a lot happened like uh my mother died uh my father died church job changed we had like uh, miscarriages and all sorts of stuff in my grown up life. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to kind of like drop it and let it go. And uh, a lot of people were reaching out to me, like saying that they were blessed by it and encouraged by it. So, you know, right, right after the second book, uh, I was like, okay, this is something I'm just going to be doing for a hot minute. And um, so that, that's kind of my cycle. Uh, I write from the fall into the early spring and then publish and re- repeat. So the books, they, they're focused around 
what it's uh, it's Bible studies and things like that with a geek focus on it. Uh, they're Bible studies and you know on that nature geeky stuff. Um, the I'd, I'd say the bulk of it is uh, spiritual parallels I see across various fandoms. Um, it could be as broad as the fandom overall, or it could be like as specific to like one episode or like one chapter okay. or one issue. Like uh, there's a chapter like out of the Force Awakens specifically on the one scene uh, with Han and uh, Kylo. Uh, okay. Right before Han dies. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> dang it! Um, but like, there's no. there's a whole chapter just on that one scene, or you know, there's chapters that are about specific conversations in Doctor Who or whatever video games I'm playing. If if I see a good uh, spiritual parallel that like hits my heart, then that's what I'll write about. Cool. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Um, well. I had some questions. You kind of already answered them. I was going to, you know, wondering why you decided to write about it. Then you said, you know, how, you know, you met Jesus and Batman the same week. <laughs> um, and, you know, why you decided to do that. But I guess now I'm wondering, what's your what's your favorite part about doing this? Um, is there, like, one single thing that, like, keeps you going or is there just something where you always look forward to doing it or... Is there a culmination of that in it, or I guess just does that make sense? <laughs> um, so my favorite thing overall, I think, has been the stories of like uh, what it's done in certain people's lives or the impact with that. Um, one of my favorite things, one of the reasons I like to go to as many Comic Cons as I do is to interact with people repetitively. Um, uh, there's a show in Myrtle Beach called X-Con, that, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina that I go to every year and they actually allow me to have a full blown chapel service as part of the show. Whoa. Like awesome. <laughs> like not even in a awkward uh, panel room. Like they put up some pipe and drape in the middle of the con and give me like a microphone. And so if you're walking around the show, you're gonna hear me actually like teaching, you know, the gospel th- about in the middle of a show. So like this That's super cool. Just on like Mother's Day, or not Mother's Day weekend, uh, just two weeks ago, I was uh, teaching about Guardians of the Galaxy and, uh, <laughs> you know, salvation with that. So that was neat. So that's an, that's something I love, the interactions with people. But like, uh, I've I've got to just be a part of people's lives in that. And um, they hit me up con after con or on email or stuff like that. And just that it's been some things that's been encouraging to them or that some of the stuff that I've written or that I've gone through or shared with them has helped them to uh, either give God a chance or to draw closer to God and what they're doing. Um, there was one guy at the show at Myrtle Beach that said he hadn't been to a church in six years and um, hmm. that he sat through my Guardians of Galaxy message and it's the first time he's reconsidered that. Whoa, um, that's huge. Yeah, and the, my one of the most awkward but also awesome times was like uh, there's a show in called NC Comic Con in Durham, North Carolina, and there was a lady whose primary language was Chinese, and she stared awkwardly at my booth for about forty five minutes to an hour without speaking to me. Like so she's standing <laughs> in the middle of an aisle at a Comic Con and it kind of felt like the grudge or something. Um and <laughs> and so she's just staring at me and then like she comes over to my booth and just starts crying because she said that she didn't think this was possible 
that she had tried to do something like what I was doing in China um, with anime and specifically and that she'd been so discouraged by the response that she didn't think it was a thing and so she just said she walked over me gave me a hug she's like you're helping me to see that culture can be redeemed that I can redeem the things I love and you know she didn't talk to me for about a year and a half and literally about a month ago I got an email saying that she's published eight volumes of anime fan fiction that point towards the gospel all in Mandarin wow Wow. And Holy cow. So, that, is, that is incredible. So it's, it's, it's little things like that. Um, I don't make money doing this. Like I make enough to like, you know, pay my costs back, but like, this is never, a um, never, a like a profit thing, but, right. uh, like honestly, they're, they It's not a money and, profit thing, but it's a profit thing. Ayo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the opportunity. Uh, Go there you on. Go. There you go. We like puns around here. <laughs> puns are great. Um, but that, that's, I'd say that's my favorite is just the interaction with people. Yeah. That's Very awesome. Cool. Speaking of interactions with people, uh, final question. Where can they find you at? The listeners. Specifically. All right. Um, I'm on uh, Facebook. Our Facebook page is uh, Faith and Fandom, uh, Finding okay. God and Geek Culture. You can find that there. Um Instagram, Faith and Fandom, all spelled out, and uh, pretty much the primary stuff for the books are on there. But I'm also on my personal Facebook page, and I talk to everybody. Like I'm, I like people, so I have lots of conversations. And if you are ever in the Southeast, um, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, stuff like that, you'll I'll do my best to be at a Comic Con in that region as well. Cool, great, awesome, man! It's been great speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. So, getting into the news uh, that we're going to get out about this week. Uh, the first one's not really a geek out topic. It's it's more of like a serious one, but I wanted to kind of bring it upon you guys because um, I think it harkens in a new age uh, in Comic-Con. Um, we talked about Comic-Con quite a bit with Hector. Uh, there was an incident at the Phoenix Comic-Con in Arizona, I believe. Yep. that would make yeah. sense um where a man uh he dressed up in all black wore a red bandana uh he brought in three guns i don't remember what they were one was a shotgun and then two handguns um shotgun shells that he wore around his chest uh throwing stars and i think like a dagger or something uh but these were all real weapons and uh, i didn't get a lot of details on him being like who arrested him or you know what triggered them to be like oh we should arrest this guy um but his plan was according to um what he said to the cops the police whatever i say cops um uh was he planned on assassinating jason david frank for those who don't know he's he's tommy the green power ranger in any power ranger ever um not all of them but most of them yeah um he was going to assassinate him and then have a shootout with the police at the convention um and he was saying that he was the punisher um and it was he said he was going to assassinate some person at the convention he didn't say who but his phone had a reminder that went off that said kill jdf jason david frank um and so it it kind of opens this this discussion because denver comic-con is coming up um and they have uh heightened their security so 
last year, uh, I was kind of nervous two different times. First was in line to get in. Uh, there was this little fake art, you know, temporary fence they put up. Um, and then there was probably eight rows of people, and we were all in this line that went on forever. You know, it was around the, the convention building. Um, and so I'm, I'm a little, I don't know, pessimistic, I guess. Uh, think of worst case scenarios, and I was like, man, if someone were to have a bomb or something, we would we wouldn't know what to do. Um, or if someone just started open firing, uh, there would be literally nowhere for us to go. Um, so we'd either be shot or trampled. Uh, and then also, the other thing that worried me last year was during the cosplay competition, having um, someone came out with a gun, and it was, I think, if I remember correctly, it was obviously fake. It was a very big, bulky gun. Yeah. Uh, but he went yeah and he shot it into the audience um you know in acting uh, obviously didn't shoot anything it was a toy gun um but he pretended to fire at the audience and i was like if it would be a real gun they wouldn't have checked for that in any way because uh, i don't know if the rules uh have them actually check anything or i mean you could easily point an orange tip at the end of it and be like see it's fake um could have fired off into, into the audience um and so I remember being really angered by my nervousness. I was really mad at where we are as a society that we've gotten so scared. But I don't think that it's by any means unnecessary that we're scared. Uh, it's just really unfortunate. It's um, bad that we have really to glad. be scared. It's just, it's good to be scared, but it's unfortunate that it's like, it has to be there. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm really, really grateful that they're, they're heightening security. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my question for you guys is what, I just, what are your thoughts on heightened security um, and kind of where we're at um, in the American world where we have to fear for our lives at a comic convention? Uh, I, I genuinely am surprised that nothing has happened at one of these cons yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many people there. I mean... You know, you look at some of these things that have happened in America, um, nightclubs and, you know, places that are movie are theaters. busy. Yeah, I mean, movie concert. theaters, yeah. That would just happen. Yeah, that just happened in Britain. Um, there are, how many, 15, 20,000, maybe more than that at PAX? There were, there were way more than that, weren't there? Yeah, yeah there's a lot there of people at PAX. I mean, so if something were to happen at a PAX, it would be thousands of people potentially involved. And it's literally Western culture, which is usually what's being targeted. Uh, You don't get much more Western culture than a pop culture convention. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I've definitely had the sort of like thought before, especially going to PAX or, you know, I'm definitely surprised nothing has happened yet at at least right, the convention cause... center around here, because it it's like a, you 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 guys were there. It's a huge convention center. Yeah, there's stuff. And packing nobody checks it. bags. There's stuff packing it like all the time. It's so easy to get in. I mean, like honestly, you could even sneak into some places without a badge going to a convention. Mm-hmm. You could sneak yeah. in so much more if you wanted to. Um, and there's really and like, I don't a lack. Fearmonger yeah, there's a lack the of like. But exits even you know it, the elevator like you know the more you think about it the more it's just like man that would be so bad if something were to happen he, but here, here's my take on it as a Christian yeah mm-hmm. we're geeks 
the geek culture tends to draw that sort of personality in a bit more because we're we tend to be more inclusive and right. so the people that feel more isolated in culture tend to be more drawn t- to our form of culture that said as a christian i'm i'm comfortable with where i'm going when i die i know what's going to happen there's no reason to live in fear yeah uh, i mean that's there obviously the human side of us fears that sort of thing but like I never once felt uncomfortable or uneasy when we were at PAX last year. Yeah. I felt fine, you know? Yeah. I was a lot less worried about PAX for some reason. I think it's just because I was in very specific situations at my last Comic-Con where I was like, if something happened. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I think I'm like... But but that was your mind there. taking you there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are options. You can... You can conceal carry if that's one of the things that that's allowed. Right. You can choose not to go to those conventions. I mean, I would say if it comes to that. Not to like give anyone a uh, a martyr mindset or anything, but like that might be exactly where you need to be. Maybe you know, if something were to happen, maybe you being a Christian and being there and saying something um, with a Christian mindset would like either calm them down, which is not often, or maybe you could you could save a soul. I mean, um, that, that's know. that's biblical. Right. We, we are put where we are for such a time as this. That That's Esther. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. We're put there for such a time as this. You don't know why God puts you in places at certain times, but, it, but he's able to take situations and work with that. Right. So that, there's really, I mean, you, you know where you're going. You know? Yeah. There's no reason to be afraid. Yeah. I, the, I would say it's that human fear of not wanting up. to die. <laughs> it's that human fear of not wanting to die. Yeah. But but we have security in something above that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I would say now that you like I'm just cuz we we didn't really rehearse any of this before we got on. It's kind of our, our free thinking. But uh Yeah. Yeah, I like oh, and I lost it here. Um but being a Christian um, where when these places get to be more dangerous, if that's the case, um, maybe that's where we should gravitate towards. I've always said I'm way too much of a wimp to ever go to like the Middle East and or be a Bible smuggler or something. Um, but I I'm comfortable around the geek world. That's that's the world I know. And if that becomes um, you know a place where Christians needed, uh, I think that that's that's what we're here to do is, is sprout up and build churches where churches are kind of, you know, mm-hmm. lesser seen. Yeah. I mean, you know, br- breaking it down into daily things, you you drive to work every day. Or, or you know, you go down a flight of stairs or you cross the street. You're statistically way more likely to die right. doing one of those things day to day than you are some sort of event like that, you know. I mean, so. Yeah, I... I, I want to stress that. Like, I didn't want to. Yeah. I, I, we started breaking it up, and I was very worried that we would kind of like fear monger people. Would be like, oh no, they're out to get us. And I don't want anyone to think that we're trying to uh, um, sensationalize, you know, um, a, an attack or an alleged attack. I mean, it didn't actually happen. Yeah, thankfully. Um, but yeah, luckily they caught him before something could happen. Uh, but I think that I, I'm more than anything, more than fear, it's, it's kind of disappointment and. Uh, sadness that that's that's where we're at right now yeah um for sure i think that's more of the emotion i get than fear 
Uh, that's how I was at Denver Comic Con last year, too, is I was like, this could happen. And then it really frustrated me that that was where my mind went. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But yeah. Um, from that, we'll go on to things that we're actually geeking out about. Uh, that was just something that definitely just kind of affects our world a little bit. Um, it's close to home for, I think, all of us. And I mean, being Jason David Frank, too, he's a Christian himself. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, and so I think that's a big reason why it drew me in. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, that makes me think of, yeah. um, oh, what was her name? Grimmy? Christina yeah. Grimmy. She just, uh, had her anniversary, like her, mm-hmm. her dying just was a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Yeah. Man. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's... <laughs> Let's get into some news. Uh, we'll start with movie news. So, um, I don't know how many of you guys are on Steam. Probably many people. If you're a gamer on PC, you, you're going to have Steam. <laughs> yeah, so, if you got a PC and you play games, you're on Steam. So the, I use Facebook games. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh gosh, how do you say his name? Neil Blomkamp? Blomkamp? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. He's the know. one who did District, District 9. District 9 guy. Yeah, he's the one who did yeah. District 9 and a couple other stuff like that. Um, he's doing sort of mini test films. He's putting them on Steam, and he's sort of... Um, they're supposed to be, like, monster-related. And it sounds like what he's yeah. doing, he's just creating these, like, mini films, trying to see what the reception is, and to potentially make longer films from that and in full And you have to purchase out films. them on Steam. I don't know. I mean, like, I know there are definitely movies on Steam, but I've never had the desire to go watch any of them. Um, okay, I didn't know that. No, they have okay. like I watched. Uh, what what was the one? The very first one that got real big. They have. Um, they don't have a lot. The, but what's the one? Them. It was an indie guy that did it. It was like an '80s crazy action flick. Uh, Kung Fury. Oh, oh yeah. Kung Fury was. Kung Fury movie. came out on Steam first. Kung Fury is amazing. <laughs> the the first place I saw it was on Steam. Oh really? They had like a commercial for it. That was the first I had watched it. Uh, he made a trailer, and then he made a full-blown movie after. Yeah. So, um, that's... It's really interesting. But if you are into that, you know, go check out the trailer. It's on Steam. So um, He's a great, weird director. Yeah. He has probably something up his sleeve for this. I just don't know what it is. And I'm not entirely sure if I'm interested enough <laughs> to find out. But, if you are, go yeah. do it. Um, so, that is... You know, something I'm a little bit more geeking out about. J.K. Rowling's finally finished the script for Fantastic Beasts 2. Um, yeah. So that'll be, you know, development is already kind of starting for that. Um, I appreciate okay. it so much more knowing that she writes them. Yeah. I mean. I think it's super cool. Yeah, uh, I'll probably see it. I mean, I like the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I liked the first one. It was one. very Hollywood. Just, I just don't like how they're dragging out the Harry Potter series so much. I... I'm still not really sure how... I mean, like, I never read Cursed Child. I still kind of want to, just so I can say I did. But I never really felt... I have felt, it, and I haven't read yeah, it. Yeah, I never really felt a desire to go read it. Because I'm like, no, the Harry Potter series, it's done. It's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. You don't need to stretch it out. And she's trying to stretch it out. And I know... I don't like it. I don't... I'm not a fan. But I know myself, and I know I'm still going to give them money. So. Speaking of which, uh, I just came to mind. Uh, there is a fan-made movie on YouTube. Oh, can't remember the name. Is of Is that it, the one that they go into Tom Riddle's past uh, or something? I saw like trailers for that. I mean, for Voldemort. Yeah. it's a it's a Voldemort prequel. Yes. Yeah, and it's after he has gotten out of school, out of Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, I've heard it's really good. 
I haven't actually seen the trailer yet. I've seen yeah. thumbnails. Um, but people I've talked to said that uh, it all looks really good. I think it's made by the same people that did Snever Snape and the Marauders, um, which I did really like. So same same guys, then definitely go watch yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you're a big fan of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, that is definitely good news for you. Um, but that's all we got in the movie realm. So Awesome. Uh, and moving on to TV, some exciting things going on. First is complete conversation. There's it's nothing more than panel answers. Um, I think also at Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, but the actors for The Punisher, uh, John Bernthal, I think his name is, and Ghost Rider, can't remember his name, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they are both down for a Netflix Thunderbolt series, which is... From the sounds of it, kind of a Suicide Squad-ish, but not Sinister Sticks um, type thing. So you'd be, it's gone through a lot of renditions, but it's a team up of mostly villains and antiheroes. Deadpool's been part of it, Punisher, Ghost Rider, um, Venom was a Thunderbolt, according to LJ, which doesn't surprise me at all. So Uh, I saw saw an article right before we started the cast here that said that Marvel's confirmed a Venom verse, like a universe of Venom. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, they're creating the movie, and if it's separate from the rest it's of Spider-Man, then from... that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. It'd be dumb, but it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm totally down for a like Punisher Ghost Rider. I think both actors did really well in their parts. Um, and so that would be really cool. But literally what happened is someone asked the guy that plays Ghost Rider if he'd be into it. He said yes. And then they went to Bernthal and were like, hey, this guy, Gabriel, Gabriel something is Ghost Rider, uh, is into playing Thunderbolts. How about you? And he was like, yeah, if the script was okay, I'd do it. And that's uh, that's all we got. Gabriel Luna, LJ to the rescue. LJ didn't know if he was going to make it here or not. And we were really worried because we were like, what happens when we don't know things? Um <laughs> LJ saves us. Uh, also, in the news, this is something really small. Stephen Amell, he is an arrow. He does a lot of his own stunts. Um, and so he has done American Ninja oh, Warrior for show. charity. I saw that. He does amazing. Go check yeah, it out. Yeah, he did, he did really well on it. That's so Did great. you see the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say it. I don't, I don't know. It might be a spoiler, but it's American Ninja Warrior. I don't care. He ends up doing the entire course and then going, you know what? I want to do more and uh, continues onto another course for as far as he can get. He was um, doing it to raise money for charity, right? Yeah. They wrote, uh, they raised, not rose, like $5,000. Man. I think. Dude, American Ninja Warrior is uh, really hard. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, you, you watch the stuff they do. He's... But right. He's legit. Training, yeah, his training is that kind of stuff. Does he do lots of like rock climbing and stuff? Probably. I don't know about rock climbing. He, he does it in a gym, okay. but it's all very much like uh, that, parkour yeah, stuff. Yeah, then there there you go. Yeah, so it, it was really cool. He does it flawlessly. Um, Steven Animal is awesome. I was really worried he'd fail. Uh, he announced this a little while ago, and I was like, don't fail, man, because this is going to be really awesome for everyone to see you be the Green Arrow. Yeah. Um, he also mentioned at a convention panel, uh, that he would be down to do a movie, uh, if Robbie Amell was Batman. So again, just a panel answer, uh, probably not serious, but, uh, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe his cousin will play Batman in some weird TV movie. Um, I'd be down for it. I want a TV Batman. Uh, I doubt we'll ever get one, but it'd be cool. Yeah. And then this probably is like halfway Joe's news and halfway my news because he always goes to the gaming stuff. But uh, we've talked in the past about Castlevania having a TV show on Netflix. They have dropped a trailer, and it looks good. It's an anime, which I didn't. I didn't yeah, it's going to be an anime. Uh, and in like an 80s. So I say 80s style, but it is beautifully done. Just the art style looks a bit 80s. Um, but everything's super detailed and modern as far as detailing and coloring goes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just the art style reminds me of old like Voltron and Transformers. or I can't think of anything actually medieval. Um, it looks cool. Yeah. Also... I got super so I had to rewatch the trailer today because they showed it to me and uh, they used in the trailer the there's a Nintendo cartridge that was made about two years ago and the Nintendo cartridge you can plug it into your Nintendo and it will pick up Wi-Fi and actually stream Netflix to your like NES. <laughs> yeah. But it does terribly. Like it does it. Oh, but, it's it's all in eight bit and it, yeah, it looks horrible. Yeah, it downgrades everything and like you couldn't actually really watch anything on it. Um, and I don't think there's any sound. Um, if there is, it can't be good. Uh, <laughs> um, but they actually took this cartridge that I didn't think I'd ever see again um, and used it for the commercial because Castlevania is an old NES game. I thought yep. that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, that's everything that's going on in the TV world. How about gaming, Joe? So let's go ahead and start with the pull list this week. Okay. I'll just hit some of the high points. Uh, Tekken 7 for the fighting game world. Uh, there's been a lot of fighting games come out the last few weeks. We got Injustice 2, uh, which I believe the review will be up on in the next couple days. Ah, oh, Tekken 7's out? Tekken 7 comes out Friday. I gotta buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so Tekken 7, oh, Locks man. Quest comes out. Um, yeah, Lethal League is, was out recently. Guilty Gear Exerts Rev 2 came out last week. Okay. So there have been a lot of fighting games hitting the shelves lately. Again, they kind of come in waves and seasons. And, uh, yeah, it's been busy with them. So Tekken 7 kind of wrapping a lot of that up, I think. Locks Quest, which is a remake of a, of a, I believe it was a three, or a, a Nintendo DS game maybe even, is coming out today as of the time that we're recording this, for Xbox One and PS4. Maybe P- okay. PC as well, I'm not sure. Uh, Rising Storm 2 Vietnam comes out on the PC. That I, I mentioned that one because that one boasts 64-player online. It's set in Vietnam. But it was made by Killing Floor 2, uh, the, the developers that did Killing Floor 2. We have a review of Killing Floor 2 up on the site, and we reviewed uh, their president. Interviewed. No. Yeah, yeah. I said interviewed, didn't I? You said reviewed. Oh, we reviewed the game. We interviewed <laughs> the president. Yeah. I bad. promise we didn't review the president. Yeah. <laughs> tie, tie, tie. And then if you got a PSVR and you're a Star Trek fan, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Star mm-hmm. Trek Bridge Crew comes out to the PSVR this week. That sounds awesome. Uh, I want, but I'm not going to get. So. I don't yep. Got a VR. I don't got money like that. <laughs> I had one and got rid of it, and I'm not a Star Trek fan anyway. I, I still want to. I would have run a bridge crew. I remember yeah. seeing a pack. It would be. It would be, be interesting. I remember seeing a pack, and I like you want to do it, but I didn't want to wait in line. 
so I didn't. Low key. Low key, high key. Yeah. Uh, and then finally going to the gaming news for the week. Uh, Final Fantasy VII's remake is undergoing some dev changes. Uh, doesn't sound like good news. So they didn't cancel the project, but I think it, they've already said it's going to get delayed. It's it's moving, I think they said, to internal development, whatever that means. Okay. I, I'm not super worried about delays, but I worry. I wanted Final Fantasy fifteen gameplay, which I know most people didn't. Um, I wanted Final Fantasy seven, seven gameplay. Game yeah. We'll yeah. see what they do. Um, well, hopefully, it's one but, of those two because it was kind of confirmed that it would be fifteen type. But I mean, like at this point, you're looking at 2020 for that game to come out. Maybe mm. it's Final Fantasy. This isn't new. <laughs> this always happens. Savage. How long yeah, did but this wait for this 15? game came out when I was uh, 11 or 12. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Monster, they they have announced now Monster Hunter XX for the Switch, and it will be cross-play compatible with the 3DS. Interesting. So we're getting a Monster Hunter on in in HD on the big screen. Wow. That will be portable as and well. On a handheld, I mean, yeah. and then on another handheld, if for some reason you have two of those, yeah. Which we do or if you've got a buddy that still. doesn't have a Switch, he's okay. got a 3DS. Really, or I could, you know, I could download it to my 3DS Excel, hand that to a friend, mm-hmm. and then throw it on my Switch, and we could play together. I'm still waiting for a Pokemon game. Give me a Pokemon They'll game Switch. Do one, I'm sure. I remember it'll get there, there eventually. Before about it. Yeah, I was so excited. I didn't buy Sun and Moon because I was hoping for Rainbow or whatever they were calling it. You should probably go ahead Star and buy that if you want it. Yeah. <laughs> It's too late. By the time you finish it, yeah. maybe I can that skip a game. game will finally come out on the Switch. I promised myself I wouldn't buy it until I bought or finished Omega Ruby, and I can't. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Maybe it's best I don't have it. Yeah. We'll play it. The, the last big piece of gaming news is that they finally unveiled some stuff for Far Cry 5 this week. <laughs> yeah. And you laugh because you've seen the stuff. Right, yeah. Uh, um, for those that aren't aware, kind of what they the first thing they unveiled was was key art, and it takes place in Montana. It's the villains are sitting at a table, almost like the Last Supper sort of deal. Exactly like the Last Supper. With with the bad guy, you know, the the head honcho bad guy in the middle of the table. He's got an American flag draped across the table. He's got there there are guns and rifles and rocket launchers and stuff all over the place. And typical Far there's Cry a, fashion. Yeah, and then there's a church in the background, like a little white picket fence, little white church on the hill, and a guy with his shirt off, handcuffed with his hands behind his back, and the word "sinner" tattooed into his into his back, and they they made it clear in the trailers. Like, they released four or five trailers. They made it clear in the trailers that this is, you know, clearly a, a crazy faction. Um, yeah. You know, one, one of the trailers was a pastor who was basically going machine gun preacher to defend against these these people. And a lot of people are saying, because I was like, the redeeming quality of this would be a good Christian character. Uh, but he uses his Bible, he uses a Bible verse in his commercial, and he uses it out of context. No. And, like, not meaning to, it was like, then I am the wolf. 
And I was like, no, a wolf is a bad thing. You say it like you're the tough guy. He's going to go out. And I was so fr- – so I don't think a lot of people caught that. Um, so it was a really small thing. But he just – the good Christian used the Bible verse out of context too. And I was like, no. You're so close. So, and, and here's the thing about it that most frustrates me. You know, I'm a conservative Christian. Mm-hmm. And I have been listening to other gaming podcasts that are not – Christian focused. Right. And they've been discussing this key art and these trailers and they very much tie it to Christianity. They are tying this faction to Christians. Yeah. That's what the general populace is going to think of when they see that crazy I've seen a lot abusive, of abusive twisted thing. A lot of Christians defended it and been like, yeah, there's crazy factions in every every religion. Why should we get, you know, the the easy way out or whatever? Um, why should they go, you know, play Safa? And um, it, it's more of the fact that, like, first of all, you shouldn't do that with anything. Um, throw that out there. But, like, Christianity is it's one of the major – it is the major religion of the United States. Um, and it already has the stereotypes attached to it. Um, and so to make a video game about those stereotypes – um, it would be like making a game off of any stereotype. Uh, you know, I look at some of the things in San Andreas, and it's it's a bit racist if you're thinking about it. Uh, San Andreas back in the day, and uh, you know, you notice they kind of ventured away from that as they went on. Um, you, you're taking a stereotype and you're exploiting it, and then glorifying um, everything bad about something. Um, and so I think with what you're saying, a lot of people are going to see this and they're going to say, oh, that's what Christianity's like. The, it's just so frustrating from from the perspective of a conservative Christian right? to see that, I mean, that there are conservative values displayed in that key art in the embodiment of the villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's... The, the way the best way I know to describe it is that the villain is is a warped twisted view of Christ, of Christianity the same way that the, this is going to get a little preachy but sin is God's will that has been warped and twisted yeah you know so this is almost uh, I, that's the best way I know to equivalate it it, it is taking something good and completely warping it. But then again, that's what a cult of that nature would do. Yeah. Westboro Baptist would do this sort of thing, I, I almost feel. But a lot of people equate, who don't know, equate, you know, Westboro Baptist to Christians. Yeah. Right. Fire and brimstone, you know. Thing. I it is it should be noted, you know, it is Ubisoft and Ubisoft's first Assassin's Creed game wasn't exactly um, pro Christian either. Yeah. Um, they had the the whatever of Eden. Yeah. Um, thing where it was you know the Templars were the Christians and they were the bad guys. Um, and so I, I'll say this, but I think I'm kind of done with it. Is uh, I've seen people say that uh, I've seen a petition running around to cancel the game, um, to not put it out. Um, and you can sign that if you want to, but I don't think that that's the the correct response of the Christian. I think the correct response to the Christian should be um, to speak out on it, um, kind of like we are. Yeah. Um, if you don't agree with it, tell people. 
um, yeah. let the market decide. And here's the thing, like, I want to play Far Cry games. I like Far Cry games, but the only way that you're going to get a message through to a company like that is to not buy the product. If the product doesn't right. sell, they'll realize that they've they've they veered in the wrong direction. Yeah, I don't know. My opinion on it is that it's hypocritical and lazy. I think it's they're just taking a trope that they know they can pick on because of the way, you know, it's a conservative sort of thing. And like, oh, because it's this way, then people won't give us crap about it because, you know, again, like Ubisoft's a very liberal company. Like, they just think they could get away with it. Um, I also just think it's lazy. I think that taking the, you know, Christian symbolism and Christian stereotypes can be done really well. But I think how video games are doing it nowadays, I mean, there's this game, there was Outlast, there's... I just feel like there's a lot of games taking stuff from the Bible and like Christian symbolism, but they're just taking it in such a mm-hmm. twisted and wrong way. There's really not a lot of representation of Christianity as it actually is, um, which I think is like the thing that kind of frustrates me a little bit is that no one seems to take that view on it. They'll take that view on other religions. Like you're not going to make a game like this on another religion. Like, you're not, because yeah. you know the hate fire yeah. you get from that? You get so much hate fire, that company would just go, they'd be called racist, they would just get totally shut down. But because it's I mean, like, Far Cry hasn't had a game set in the Middle East yet. Right. Yeah. So, um, I just think, I don't know, once again, I think it's hypocritical and I think it's lazy, because you would never do that for another religion, and you're just taking this right. because you're out of ideas. You're out of original yep. ideas. You want something interesting. Let it come. Give us more of a reason to attend your comic con. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's my opinion. Our comic con. I don't want to, yeah. like, separate us. We are geeks. Yeah. I mean, I've never played Far Cry. <laughs> I bought Far Cry 3, um, and my computer couldn't download it for some reason. So, I technically own it, but I've never played it. But I have no reason to go and, like, buy this one or any of the other ones at this point. Unless... Yeah, I'm yeah. completely uninterested in this game. I think a redeeming quality would be a good, solid Christian character. Um, to combat it, but that is not enough of a seller to make me go, oh, I want this game. Um, I just hope that there is a good Christian representative in it for those who do. But, um, yeah. We said we talk about it, and we did. Interesting yeah. topics, this podcast. Well, yeah. That's, that's it for gaming news for the week, too. So I think that is the podcast. Awesome. Uh, I want to thank Hector Mirai. 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 I'm never going to say his name right. Yeah, Hector. He said it. You Rye. pumpernickel, me, rye. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, make sure you go check his stuff out. Faith in fandom again. Joe, where can they find you at? Find me on Twitter at Joe Knows Games. And Shelly? Find me on Twitter at the Shellshock24 and on Twitch at Shellshock24. And you can find me at Cody Armor on Twitter as well. And closing, keep gaming, keep praying. Well done, Zanita. God bless. Peace.